Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Town Manager Download, a podcast about local government in the town of Shrewsbury. Today's podcast episode is going to cover the budget process for the town. And later on in the show, we'll be joined by David Snowden, Assistant Town Manager for Administration and Finance. I'm Kevin Mizikar, Town Manager of the Town of Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury. As always, I'm happy to be joined by Principal Department Assistant Taylor Galusha. What's going on, Taylor? We had an exciting last, what, a week, month, two months, two weeks of soccer, football. Oh, two, yeah, almost. Uh, a two whole, weeks, two no, months. It's all been exciting. <laughs> There's been a lot going on with the World Cup. It's kept me entertained since, what, the week before Thanksgiving. So finally have crowned a new Three champion weeks. and the Argentine, Argentines, I'm not sure how to say that. Argentinians. Argentinians. Lionel Messi wins the World Cup. Everyone's happy about that, except if you're French, I guess. Yeah, I think it's, I saw like a fact, I don't know if it's legit, but it's been like a really long time you since the say, South, I don't know. <laughs> you can't say. It's been say. a long time since the South American and Central American team won the World Cup. Yeah. It's stayed in Europe the last yeah, right. Like I think since years. Argentina, well, no, because Brazil wins the World Cup quite often. Mm. <laughs> Stop fake spreading news. fake, fake news. news. Town manager download. We're not allowed <laughs> to do that. So, yeah, there's been a lot going on through the holiday season mm. as we tape this on the lead up to uh, Christmas. Hanukkah's in full swing. New Year's right around the corner. Cold weather's here. So, Ticket having the World Master. Cup's been good. Yeah. Ticketmaster scams. Ticketmaster scams. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you tried to get into Taylor Swift. Three times. Three times. I did get a ticket. Yeah, there you go. It wasn't a traumatic process. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. When's that? This summer? Uh, May twenty. May twenty-first. Nice, Gillette. Yes. Awesome. Well, congratulations, yeah. you beat the system. I did. All I won the, the Taylor Swift Hunger Games. All the bots. Maybe not one, but. Beat the bots. <laughs> I'll get you a t-shirt. Participation I medal, I beat the bots. <laughs> awesome. We have a lot going on in Shrewsbury too right now. Right. Not just the other world things. That's true, yeah. There's in things going on outside of Qatar. Um, yeah, so. Over the past few weeks, uh, the Beals uh, Elementary School project formally closed out, held their final building committee meeting. Um, that project is one for the history books, mm -hmm. came in $6 million or more under budget, um, huge savings to the taxpayers in Shrewsbury. We, had, we started off the project and we, we were being diligent. We borrowed 90% of the total money yep. that we thought we needed. and. In the end, uh, we didn't have to borrow any more, and there's $3 million or so still left over. So that's that's huge. That's real savings to the taxpayers uh, for the next 20 years, honestly. That's been going uh, on since, well, planning's been longer, but they started meeting like 2015, right. 2016. So. Right, yeah, the project, those projects take a long time to get state approval and all the design and local approval, and they get off like to a really slow start and then uh, construction starts happening and it's kind of hard to believe, but we've made it to the end. Um, so the committee met and finalized everything and the project is officially uh, 
closed out at the local level and we're just waiting for the final audit at the state level. So huge congratulations to the building committee and everyone that's been involved in that and the people that advocated and uh, put in a lot of time and effort. Uh, it was a really good project. So, and it's kind of funny because we're actually getting pretty close to the finalization of the construction of the police station mm -hmm. as well. And we talked a, a, a lot about that with Chief Anderson. Um, the building committee actually took a tour after their meeting last week and uh, got to see a lot of their planning work uh, as they have throughout the course. Can't wait for residents to come in and take a tour uh, early next spring. If you drive by the building at night, see a blue light up in the transom windows, um, which is pretty cool. I like that touch. It's, it's a unique feature. And uh, I saw a truck with a changeable message board that popped out of the, the, the back of it the other mm -hmm. day and saw people like Moda Apollo staring at it. So I'm sure <laughs> it has something to do with the project. Uh, Kristen Loss was standing in the middle of the sacred acre, staring at a TV screen in the back of a truck. So awesome. it has to be due to that project. Or Probably. They, I just didn't get invited to the watch party for something really fun. But who knows? I'm sure that uh, I'm sure they're getting excited about putting the finishing touches on the police station as well. Yeah. So I remember when we did the last tour of Beale, like when we did the Beale Building Committee tour, yeah. when it was like almost done, and the few times I've gotten to get a tour of the police station. It's been exciting just seeing it all come together. So Yeah, it really is. Can't imagine, like I know Chief Anderson talked about it, but I know they're all getting super excited. Definitely. I think we are too, just to close that yeah. chapter and, you know. Get conference space. We'll yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> no more conference space Hunger Games either. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, when we're having this conversation, you know, we're nearing the end of December and we look forward to turning the page to the new year and that's always a good reset for everyone. And Taylor, you've been doing a heck of a job to improve public engagement and uh, have new people volunteer for different things. And one of those first things that come up as we turn the, mm -hmm. to the new calendar is uh, papers will be available for new elected positions for town meeting and uh, you know, those other elected positions throughout the community, the select board, the school committee, the li uh, library board of trustees. Um, so, you know, obviously big elected positions in the town, but it is an opportunity uh, for people to uh, step up their participation and find new ways to engage and be involved if they're interested in that. So that's kind of like a what's around the corner, stay tuned. Um, town clerk will be sending information out about that. And um, it'd be great to, you know, have every town meeting seat filled and not have to worry about writing candidates. And uh, if anyone's interested, they can obviously reach out to mm -hmm. us um, and we'll, we'll answer any questions that they may have about those positions. And um, a sneak preview, we anticipate having some public engagement opportunities about those elected positions in the, in the new year, which will be a new and unique feature uh, that we'll talk a, a little bit more about in the near future. So um, there's another survey coming out from the town. I hope people just know that we, we're really interested in getting the information from them and getting their feedback as, as much as we can. And we don't want to annoy anyone, but we want to do what the residents want us to do because that's what we're here for. So yard waste. Yeah, yard waste survey. 
I kind of hold my breath whenever I think about asking residents what they think about the yard waste program because there's probably zero out of 38,000 that think we did a good job, which is fair because we've had some challenges the last mm -hmm. couple cycles. Um, in the end, we've done everything that we've promised, but too many bumps along the way. So um, the more heads that we can put together on this issue and find solutions, the better off we'll always be. So we want to get some feedback from residents. And um, as we talk about engagement, we, we talk about all these things that we're hoping to have residents help us on. How, do, how can residents get information from the town about things like the yard waste survey? Like, what are their options? Um, I think the town website is probably the most catch-all for residents, and it's through the, um, the sign up for alerts button that people are greeted with on the homepage when they visit shrewsburyma.gov, and they can sign up for a variety of listservs um, that different town departments use to push out information. So there's a solid waste and recycling listserv that uh, our friends in the DPW mm -hmm. use to notify residents about delays, yard waste collection, and different updates. So like when the mattress ban um, came out a month or so ago, that was a main form of communication that DPW used. Um, but all, all departments have it. There's one for Parks and Rec. There's one for the health department, the town manager's office has one, the select board has one, um, and people can get notifications through their email um, or text messages mm -hmm. as well. Um, we do have a mobile app that has kind of gotten lost in the translation of summertime and- Shine the, a light on it. The, I know, this Let's is my time. It. Let's not lose so it. So we have, um, Shrewsbury MA, which is our mobile app. So if you residents search it in the app store, it's a app version of our website mm -hmm. that they can sign up for all those type of notifications and get them as like push notifications to their phone. So it doesn't have to necessarily go through their email. Awesome. Um, it'll show up as like a normal notification that you get mm -hmm. um, for any other app. I think that's really exciting. Um, it was one of the first things that I started working on when I mm -hmm. started here, and I think it's super convenient for residents. And I, I, I'm signed up for all my boards and committees and calendars, so I know what's going on even when I'm not here. Awesome. <laughs> That's the best way. So the Shrewsbury MA app. Mobile app. In, mm -hmm. uh, where you get your apps, right? That's what they say on shows yeah, like this. App, app Store, app Apple store. App Store, and yep. Google Play, I think, yeah. are the two. Awesome. So. Yep. All right. They're and I know people have questions for us. How can they get in touch with us? Town Manager Download. At shrewsburyma.gov. TM Download at shrewsburyma.gov. Awesome. Send your questions. Yeah, send questions, please. Uh, we will fit them into upcoming episodes. We'll get them answered for you. Uh, we always want to keep the content fresh and make mm -hmm. sure we're relevant and answering the questions that you have. So uh, TM download at shrewsburyma.gov. Please reach out to us. We look forward to hearing what you have to say or reading what you have to say. So um, I think that takes us into uh, the conversation that we want to have today, which is really talking about financials and the budget process, and uh, which is really timely uh, as we uh, talk about this, because we're, I would say, 
nearing the end of the first third of, of mm -hmm. the budget. So let's talk a little bit about the budget process today. And in a few minutes, we'll bring David Snowden in, who is uh, going to be commissioned the budget czar after this podcast today. Right. All right. Well, but you play a big role in our budget process as the town manager. And I know we say it every week, but like it's different community to community and across the comp uh, across the nation to right. how we function um, to put our budget together. You yeah. want to talk about a little bit about your role, town manager's role in general? Yes. Yep. So it's really founded. We talk about this every episode too, most <laughs> times, you know, everything in local government, uh, especially in Massachusetts is so tied to specific uh, general laws in Massachusetts or, or local laws and Shrewsbury was one of those really leading communities in the 1950s that set up its own form of local government that was different than the default that was mm -hmm. kind of permitted um, under the general laws at the time. So there's a 1953 Town Manager Act and really, especially in the budget, there's a section 16 that's called estimate of expenditures within the town manager's responsibilities. And uh, it requires the town manager to go out and ask each and every department, what expenditures are they gonna have to take on in the, in the following fiscal year? Mm -hmm. um, and then it's my responsibility, um, not less than 90 days prior to the start of the annual town meeting to um, submit a budget to the finance committee and the select board um, which I will quote here, and, and this is what I think we really do, contain a careful, detailed estimate of the probable expenditures of the town for the ensuing fiscal year. So um, you have to include debt service and, and operating needs and salaries and wages. You know, that all comes into me from the experts in those individual departments on those boards and committees, but it's, it's up to me to synthesize this information and balance the budget. So um, as uh, whether it's the school department or the Department of Public Works, as, as those departments identify their expenditure needs, mm -hmm. um, it can only, I can, I'm only permitted to send it along to the Finance Committee and the Select Board if our revenues are estimated to match those expenditure needs. So um, that's really step one and that's where we are right now. Um, actually, the precursor to that um, is is looking at the revenues. So um, each year we start off with how much money are we gonna have so we can provide guidance out to departments whenever we ask them for what we can expend. There's um, limited opportunity because of the challenges that we face with the general laws, but yeah, it really starts off with the town manager officially asking departments, what is he gonna need to spend the money on uh, within the next fiscal year, so. What is a fiscal year, I guess, just getting into like what our actual budget cycle is, because clearly it's super tied to our general laws in Shrewsbury with right. that 90-day notification period that we have for the Finance Committee and Select Board. Yeah, um, so our fiscal year, um, like all municipalities in Massachusetts, um, is July 1 through June 30th. Mm -hmm. So yes, we're talking about developing a budget right now more than six months in advance of when that fiscal year will actually start. But that's because our, our budget process is very transparent and we go through not only select board, but the finance committee uh, as we review what um, the town manager proposes in that first step. And our fiscal year is different than the state, which is different than the 
federal. Uh, yeah, it's different than federal. Same as the state, different than federal. Um, so I think it's a challenge that it's the same as the state because we're always waiting for the state to pass mm -hmm. their budget, which they don't always pass it before the start of their fiscal year. Right. So uh, that's where their challenge comes in. They don't follow their own rules. So and we end up like having special town meeting yep. in the fall. Correct. Sometimes, be or not sometimes, most yep. of the time because of that. That's right. Um, to make any correction, not corrections, but updates that we need to make because right. we don't have all the information. So we talk about this all the time. So there, there's always like three budgets in play. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're closing out the prior year budget, we're, we're expending the current year budget, and we're preparing for the following year budget. So in the fall, we're looking at revenues and, and tying up, you know, we're looking at revenues for the upcoming fiscal year, and we're closing out the prior fiscal year. And then in the winter months, we're really developing the budget for the next fiscal year. And then of course, after town meeting author, authorizes us and then we get back to July 1, we start spending that new budget. So, um, so it's a consistent cycle. There's really no week that goes by that uh, we're not thinking of some aspect of that budget cycle that we talk about. So what are those big landmark steps, I guess, in the budget cycle that residents might wanna, like not might wanna, mm -hmm. that are, should be aware of or would be looking for on agendas? Yeah. Um, so, as the year starts, or not, I guess the fiscal year starts. Yeah, so I would say in October, residents will see, just like this year, they'll see uh, that we start presenting our estimate of revenues for the following July. Mm -hmm. And the select board hears that proposal and they meet with the school committee and they talk about what revenues that we're projecting and how those may have changed um, from prior, prior forecasts. You know, what has shaken out over the last 12 months and what are we looking at now? Uh, and then kind of goes quiet for a couple months. And then uh, in February, the town manager uh, presents the budget. So mm -hmm. it gets publicized on the website and it goes to the finance committee and they begin holding hearings in the late winter months and late March. That's probably the biggest opportunity for residents to engage in the budget process. Mm -hmm. We sit with the finance committee normally through the course of an entire evening from six o'clock to 10 o'clock on a Thursday night, and then from 8.30, nine o'clock in the morning that next Saturday through four o'clock that afternoon. And we go line by line through really in the operating budget, um, what ends up being like $140 million worth of expenditures. And every time we get to the end of a department, the finance committee turns to anyone there that's in the public and says, does the public have any questions about what's in this budget proposal? And anyone can ask any question. It's, you know, um, there's no question that's too small. There's no question that's too big. It's mm -hmm. important for residents to understand how we spend the money and that's their, their biggest opportunity to do it. It's the broadest opportunity. Anyone can come to that. Once we get beyond the finance committee budget process, it ultimately lands at town meeting in May. Um, and the 240 elected members of town meeting um, have the opportunity to ask questions and ultimately vote on the spending plan for the upcoming year. Does it meet their needs? Uh, do they have questions about why we'd wanna do this, that, or the other thing? Mm -hmm. So um, really open process here and uh, having a representative town meeting process for people to engage throughout. What kind of makes up that budget? I guess when a resident is looking at the budget book or budget document, it mm -hmm. might seem 
um, overwhelming yep. a little bit and some terms might be unfamiliar. Yep. Do you want to just talk a little bit about like what our local receipt sure. is yeah. and what yeah. that type of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like every business or, or personal finances, there's the income, the money that we receive, mm -hmm. and then there's the expenditures, the money that you send out. So, um, when we think about income, we have a couple primary uh, sources of money. The largest is the tax levy, property taxes. If you own property in Shrewsbury or any other uh, town, city in Massachusetts, you pay property taxes. And that's our largest source. It's about, it's over half, 60% of our total revenues, over $100 million come mm -hmm. in from that. Um, then there's state aid is our second largest revenue source, and that's literally money that we receive from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts to spend on particular things, mainly education. Uh, and there's, there's a unique term in Massachusetts called local receipts or Schedule A receipts or cherry, sheet re or cherry sheets is uh, state aid, but um, local receipts or Schedule A rece receipts. Um, and that's just money that's generated within the community um, and uh, is primarily made up of excise taxes. So taxes on the value of motor vehicles when they're purchased uh, and then throughout their lifetime, um, hotel, motel, uh, charges, uh, special assessments on meals uh, at restaurants. Those, uh, it's our third largest revenue category and it's really um, elastic. It really mm -hmm. um, goes up and down with economic conditions in the community. So when residents and people are in the community are spending more money, then local receipts are up because uh, when you buy cars or you're going out to eat, the town gets a very small percentage of of the tax associated with those types of transactions. And then um, I think the, the other most important category for residents to know about is uh, what, we, what, are, what is termed enterprise funds. And they're special lines of business. Um, water and sewer uh, are, are the most prominent mm -hmm. that residents can think about. So we, we, we tax generally whenever and, and spend those dollars on broad things like police and fire. But whenever we can quantify the amount of water a resident consumes or uh, something like that, um, we charge a rate for that. So it's fair to each resident. So everyone wants police and fire at any time, but some people may use more or less water than others. So uh, when there's more or less water, things like that, we charge a rate. Mm -hmm. So all those utilities that come in, uh, water, sewer, storm water, uh, our uh, pays you throw uh, bag uh, program for curbside trash collection that makes up about twenty million dollars in revenue. Um, so really, the tax levy, the the state aid, the local receipts, and those enterprise funds, which are dedicated only for the use uh, for those particular departments, are make up ninety percent of where we get our funds from, and then. It just goes into the operations of the town. Everything that people see us do, police, fire, um, public works, plowing the streets. Um, it doesn't include Selco. You know, that's probably the biggest thing. Selco runs their own budget separate and apart from the town mm -hmm. uh, based upon the rates that they assess for uh, utility consumption and, and cable and things like that. That's the operating budget. Correct. Yep. Day-to-day, -day, what do we do on a day-to-day -day basis? Employee salaries, public works, custodians, things like that. And school is wrapped in. School is wrapped in. Yep. Yeah. Teachers, sure. Largest mm -hmm. portion of the budget as a single area of expenditure are the public schools. And of that, 
$140 million round number, it's about $80 million of that is, is, the, is the school system. And we do a lot of planning around our capital expenditures. Right. You want to just explain the difference of yeah. what the capital expenditures are and what, the, I guess, different from the operating budget. Yeah. Expenditures I mean, are. capital is our major expenses have a um, purchases that we make that have a lifespan, a good or or vehicle that have a lifespan of more than five years and cost more than fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars. We call them one time purchases because uh, it's, it's a little misleading. Obviously, if you buy a motor vehicle, it's only going to last five or 10 years, but we don't have to buy that Another same one every motor. Year. Yeah, exactly. So those go into a separate uh, warrant article. It's a separate expenditure plan, mm -hmm. um, and it's set aside from the operating budget. And it, in some ways, the things on the list for the capital improvement plan are wildly different every year, yeah. but we spend about $2 million a year on capital improvements. And it's generally planned for yes. in advance, yep. or not generally, it is planned for in advance. Yep. So when we look at the operating budget, we ask departments to think years out and what mm -hmm. their needs are going to be, but we only require them to submit expenditures for the upcoming year. Yeah. But when the capital plan is submitted, they have to submit for the next five years. Mm -hmm. And it's updated every year, so we, we make changes, improvements over time. But because of the size, you know, uh, yeah. a fire truck is, you know, a simple engine is almost a million dollars. And and when we're only spending $2 million on total capital improvements every year, that money goes really fast. So we need to look out far to make sure that we have the revenue in place and, and plans to be able to do that. No one wants to go an extra year with a fire truck that may not be reliable. Right. So we're looking at like useful life of these things, mm -hmm. getting the best, best and longest yep. use out of what we're spending. Yeah, and we have a large vehicle uh, fleet. You know, over 200 different pieces of equipment in that fleet, and we have a fleet management division mm -hmm. that's a part of the Department of Public Works and. They're doing a heck of a lot of work and kind of modernizing how they do business. It's uh, division managers Joel Kimball, and he does a really wonderful job. Uh, you know, like we're migrating to electric vehicles, we have hybrid vehicles, and those guys are kind of, uh, you know, caught between so many worlds. You know, yeah. we have old dump trucks, we have new EVs, and and they have to service it all. They do, you know, most of the maintenance, and it's it, it's a you know very focused effort just to, to manage that fleet. So they're really helping us plan for the life cycle of those vehicles. You know, they'll, they'll come in and they'll say, you know, dump truck 10, it may only be eight years old, but it's got a lot of issues. And we're going to keep the one that's 12 years old, but we're going to get rid of this right. one because we're spending $30,000 a year. It it's like a big sense. picture of like how much we're putting in for repairs right. versus like what the worth is. So. Correct. Yep. Nice. And Obviously, there's a lot of key players that kind of come together throughout the year to put together this budget. I mean, like you said, we're constantly working on it yeah. over the life cycle of the budget. Yeah, I mean, as far as the, the who is invo that's involved in that process, obviously the select board um, starts it and they're looking at the revenues, they're setting policies, they're guiding and focusing the strategic plan that we have in place and, and, and really defining where it is that we're going to go for the next two to three years mm -hmm. and what needs to be in the budget process. Um, Finance committee as an institution, you know, plays a, a, an outsized role, obviously, in the budget because they dig in line by line, as we talked about. Um, and, 
you know, town meeting, you know, those are probably the three. I mean, the school committee, you know, uh, the school committee works with the superintendent as well mm -hmm. in developing their side. So there's, you know, kind of every time I talk about the select board up until this point, the school committee's mirroring that process right. for their their That's side good. of the budget. Um, and then it, you know, kind of all comes together through the finance committee and out to, to town meeting to, to sell that. So those are really the, the, the big uh, players on the executive side, finance committee, and then the legislative side over there at town meeting. And we kind of just closed out. I mean, it's almost like you said, the end of the month, but like the summer and fall, um, we got to see some of the financial forecasts. You did one five year for the board, and then we did one with the school committee per the 2021 override commitment. What does the town do to kind of plan and forecast for the future? Like, what are we looking at? Uh, we we <laughs> Which is look, a really big question. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> so we look backwards more than we look forwards because mm -hmm. our, our, our business is really stable, right? We, we kind of do the same things every year. We evolve how we do things. We modernize how we do things. When we looked at the need for the override that was passed in 2021, we went back 20 years and looked at averages and data. So we do that on an every year basis. And, and what we interject is all that new stuff that we learned over the last 12 months. And, and you know now we're dealing with inflation. I don't think anyone was really talking about inflation a year ago, right. but we're thinking about that. How is it gonna impact the budget? Um, so we, we look back and look at percentages and percent changes and, Dave will talk about crazy formulas that he's brought in and compounded average growth rates to really mm -hmm. modernize and improve our process. Um, we do a lot of analysis to make sure. The last thing we want to do is get to the budget process and say we have $100 million and end up with 95. Right, right. <laughs> because um, that's going to make a lot of people mad. So we spend a lot of time doing the forecast and, and looking backwards to ensure that uh, we're conservative in our approach moving forward. Last, like three years yeah it's been three years i think the pandemic has brought a new lens to how we look at a bunch of different topics but especially with the budget it made us look at things differently and mm -hmm. did that kind of change how we've planned or just other things we've kept in mind um just thinking about the future because i think four years ago the last thing anyone thought was mm -hmm. we would be in a pandemic for yeah three years. exactly yeah um it it's there's a great period of stability before the pandemic. And I think sometimes, no matter how hard you try not to, you get comfortable mm -hmm. with year over year revenue growth, relying upon things like motor vehicle excise to grow each and every year and, and to be a very stable part of your operations. And, you know, we're talking about supply chain issues and, and chip issues and slowing down manufacturing processes and inflation. And so all those terms that are being introduced into people's daily lives and their business lives is impacting us. So we are we do look at revenues a little bit differently than we did um, for the 2020 budget, yeah. you know, because we're just not as confident that they're going to be there year after year. And uh, we don't again, want to be in a position where we're not conservative in our estimates and, and we fall short at the end because that has a really negative impact, not only for that year, but the following year. Clearly, you have a lot of insight on budgeting and kind of throughout your career, you've obviously had experiences that got you to this point mm -hmm. to be able to lead a town with a over $140 million budget. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have any like advice for younger professionals or people that might be looking to get into municipal finance um, to gain experience in 
this like mm -hmm. very volatile area. Yeah. Um, don't be afraid of it. Like that's that's my first rule. Um, it's big numbers, but really it's just addition, subtraction, and percentages. Like yep. that's all of the, the complexities that we're really working with. So you can't be afraid of the budget. Uh, I think it's critical uh, for anyone early in their career that wants to one day move into general management, you have to learn the budget. You have to understand where the money comes from, where it goes, and how you put it all together. And, and in your early career, you want to start in those bite-sized chunks, right? You don't want to come in and manage the whole budget. You mm -hmm. want to say, well, how does the department develop their budget? How does the division develop their budget? Um, you know, what do we need for salaries? And then what's another bucket? Expenditures. Like, so just start with very small parts and dive in. Um, and the more detailed you get into the budget, the more simple it gets. Mm -hmm. So. Um, if you look at the budget and the balance sheet and you look at all the ins and outs, you're like, oh my God, I don't know how this comes together. But turn a few pages back in the budget and look at an individual department. Don't be afraid of it. Roll up your sleeves and um, it's really basic math at that point. So, um, but maybe we should ask Dave the same question. We should, I'll uh, ask Dave the same question. Right. So, he's, um, a, he's a good thought experiment. <laughs> yeah, so um, I guess at this point, um, it will be our pleasure to have uh, the new Assistant Town Manager for Administration and Finance, David Snowden, mm -hmm. a longtime Shrewsbury resident, will be commissioning the budget czar at the end of this episode to join us <laughs> here on. on the Town Manager Dialogue. Good afternoon, Dave. Welcome to the Town Manager Download. It's great to have you on. Thank you very much. Really happy to be here. Awesome. Um, get you in here on these early and founding episodes, so I'm um, super excited to have you. Uh, I'm really uh, grateful to have you in your new role as Assistant Town Manager for Administration and Finance. I won't say that too many times, so we don't have a 10-hour long episode. It's a big title. Um, Let's start there, though. Tell us about your career path uh, into local government, how long you've been with the town, why, why are you in this career path, those things. Tell, yeah. us, tell us about yourself. Of course. Uh, thanks. Um, been with the town now for a little more than five years. Came in uh, 2017. Um, my career path has been a little convoluted. Mm. Um, I think I can honestly thank Amy Poehler doing business as Leslie Nope for this. Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But she hasn't been on the town manager. She hasn't, but I think we could so probably, we could probably get, get her on. on yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, no doubt. But yeah, in all seriousness, um, I actually started my undergraduate career at University of um, Massachusetts Amherst as a history major and political science minor. Um, started wanting to be a teacher at first. Um, I was enrolled in sort of like that career path. And um, after, the, after a little while, I realized I, I probably wanted to do um, more graduate work than maybe um, secondary education. So I had a really brief stint um, in graduate school right after undergraduate, and I realized, you know what? I'm not ready yet. Um, so I changed tax and moved to Maine and studied boat design. Boat get, design. Yeah, changing tax, you get it? I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I was at, at the landing school in Maine, and um, I studied boat design, and it was really there where I was. Wait. 
Yeah. Landing school, but boats. It's so not airplanes. Not airplanes, no. Okay. Not sailing okay. school either. Not airboats either, nope. or like, you know. The landing school and you design boats. Correct. I'm just trying to keep up. No, 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 it's okay. good. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. School you, you got to keep me yep. in check. All right. Um, but it was at the, at the landing school in Maine where I really was able to develop my analytical problem-solving skills and project management skills. Sure. Uh, that was my main takeaway. Um, I started a, a, a small career building composite rowing shells for a while. Um, and after being in the, the private sector, I realized I, I needed something more. This is where Amy Poehler really came in. And <laughs> I, I needed to, to give back um, and have a greater engagement. Um, I found a, a nonprofit organization called Community Rowing in Brighton, Mass, whose, whose vision was to provide rowing to all, to just make sure there was no barriers. And um, my time there was really formative um, for my career. I, I got to connect with people on a whole new level, and I really realized that that's what I wanted to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, living in Boston at the time, Northeastern wasn't too far away, and I you know, enrolled into their MPA program um, for public administration. And um, after my first year there, I, I was lucky enough to find a job within the town manager's office in Shrewsbury. Um, was very excited to apply, and I got to meet Kevin and Kristen Loss, the other assistant town manager mm -hmm. at that time. Um, I started as an administrative assistant to the town manager in Shrewsbury, um, and from there I've had the opportunities to grow into roles like the business analyst, an interim COA director, uh, the DPW business manager, and, and most recently, assistant town manager of administration and finance. Nice. Yeah. When I think back on uh, what you've done for the town, Dave, you've, you've really um, taken the budget process and the budget to the next level. You know, we develop a separate revenue manual. That, that was your idea. Um, there's a lot of, uh, of um, important um, steps that you put in the process to assess re uh, revenues that we had never done in the past. You really professionalize the documents and things like that. So um, there's no one that can pick up the budget in town that, that doesn't see the work that you've done. Um, and it, it's, it's really uh, been wonderful to see that evolution over the last few years. And I appreciate all your work on that. And uh, we'll, we'll dive into to those things in a, in a little bit more. But so, so tell me the day-to-day. -day. What's the assistant town manager yeah. for finance do? What are you responsible for? Um, how's it all work? Yeah, but, um, well, and, and thank you, by the way. I think one of the reasons why you've been able to develop such an amazing team is you give credit and you take blame. So um, thank you very much. Yeah, it's, sure. Obviously, there's a lot of work that goes involved. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the basic role. Um, I see myself as advocating and supporting departments that are housed within the administrative and financial departments, which include accounting, assessors, town clerks, treasurer collector, and then the IT, which is sort of like a shared role with Selco. Sure. Um, they're departments that have uh, clear outfacing public roles, but there's also a lot of uh, support for other departments in town. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's I, I'm here to make sure that they can function and, and be the best departments they can be and make sure we provide all the services for the town. Yeah, those departments I really see, they do, you're absolutely right. So a lot of people obviously know about the, the you know, the, the tax collector and, um, you know, the assessor's office and, and things like that. But those departments, 
you know, 70% of their work is all internal facing mm -hmm. and supporting other departments. And none of those other departments really work without that core administration and finance team. So uh, it's it, it's always been my favorite side of the house, to be honest with you, the, uh, how these can enable and operate and improve and support all the other aspects of the organization. Yeah. So, um, no, that's great. So you've been in the role since early November. Um, Halloween. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Scar that. Scary that's day. Who, that's who that was. I know. That yeah. In the office that day. Um, <laughs> any challenges that, that you've been dealing with in those first few months? Um, I mean, big time of the year, tax bills coming out, and yeah. I mean, there there has been challenges, but it's all part of the job. Like mm -hmm. you know, you know, switching vendors, and there's like headaches, and trying to make sure that all the processes that we've been doing in the past are going to operate the mm -hmm. same. Um, but honestly, there there's more opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the, the work that the selectmen and, and the two of you, Taylor and Kevin, have done on the strategic plan has provided us a lot of ways to create budget narratives. And that's what I feel like I'm trying to do a lot now with, with my team is mm -hmm. make sure we can really tie our budget requests to the strategic plan and, and develop a, a story for the residents to better engage yeah. with the work we do. Yeah. Thanks. Um, you're a Shrewsbury resident, Dave? I am. Nice. I believe it. Yeah. I know you, you have your wife, Becca, and, and two kids here in town. Yeah. So how long have you been in Shrewsbury? Yeah. Um, well, we moved back in 2014, and now I'm further burdening the town with my own offspring. So <laughs> sorry, school department, with what they will bring at some point. Um, but I, I, w I was born in Worcester and um, yep. w was raised in Shrewsbury. Um, yeah. Yeah, so and it, I didn't even have to like convince my wife to come back here. Yeah. She she actually found the house. Which, oh, nice. Yeah, isn't yeah. that great? Yeah. Yep. So she's not originally from. Shrewsbury. She is not. No, okay. she's from Ohio. Okay. Um, and but a Shrewsbury friend of mine now uh, introduced us. Nice. Oh wow. Actually, a lot of Shrewsbury ties. Yeah, yeah. All all of my really close friends are from. You know the elementary school yeah and we're still really close and how's that experience for you uh thus far working and living in the same time and in, in the profession yeah. behind the scenes is we know it's a lot of challenges and um, sometimes you don't feel like you get the break away from the work yeah. and sometimes you're just outside um mowing the lawn and someone wants to talk what, what's your experience yeah. been um it really is like a give and take you're right like at mm -hmm. some there, there's a sense of pride. Like sure. I, I, I really do care about this town, and I want to, I want to do as much as I can. Um, but then there's times when someone asks what you do, and the response may be, "I, I work in local government." Mm -hmm. um, because there, there have been situations that I've been, you know, caught, and they're like, "Well, do you think you could do this for me?" And I was like, <laughs> eh, I, I, "I can't. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> you don't want to get in those conversations, sure, right?" Yeah. But no, yeah. more often than not, like I. I like my job a lot and I'm really proud and, and sure. I, I like being in the town. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a great perspective to have. There's 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 balance, there's good, there's bad. Um, no matter where you live, where you work, what you do, what you don't do. It, it's yeah. It's all a balance in life and I appreciate that perspective that you have. Um, so, you know, we talked a little bit about the work that you, you did, you know, a few years ago, you know, making improvements. We haven't talked about that transparency part of getting the budget online, using a tool that is called ClearGov. So why don't you talk a little bit about how we developed the budget 
and how the residents can view that from a technological standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, the basic budget process, when I know you've covered a lot of this already, you know, we could say starts maybe in December right mm -hmm. now if we're talking about budget creation. Um, you know, from the town manager's office, there's a request sent out to departments. Mm -hmm. um, we have this amount of revenue. We anticipate that you can increase your budgets this percentage. Um, and typically the first week in January, the department heads will submit that budget request. Um, we do have this amazing tool, ClearGov now, where all of those requests can be viewed by residents once we, once we push that out. So mm -hmm. once the budget is sort of produced um, in the first fiscal projection um, around the middle of February, residents can go in there, they, they can drill down into the, the exact line item to really understand what's being spent and, and where it's being spent. Um, and there's also some really neat tools where they can understand, well, how much of my, my tax revenue that I generate is going to fund certain programs. Sure. Um, we're really trying to give everyone the opportunity to see how they contribute to all the work that they need and we do. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, and that's, and that's really that evolution that I've been so impressed with, Dave, is, is, is when we started on those first budgets that, that we worked on in 2017, we've really migrated from scanning a PDF and putting it online to residents being able to click down to whatever level of the budget or stay up at whatever level of the budget that they want to at their own time, um, fully searchable, uh, and, and that's just a, a huge benefit to transparency and helping people understand what it is that we do, which is the primary driver behind the town manager yeah. downloads and yeah. having these conversations. So, um, it's a living, breathing document, it really and, is. and like, yep. it needs to be accessible in that manner as well. Yep. Yep. So, um, when you know you, you left the town manager's office and you went upstairs in the town hall, you worked for the Department of Public Works. Even before you got up there, there's 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 a you know Shrewsbury is a town that that is uh, full service. <laughs> we, we do. Uh, a lot of things that a lot of other local governments don't do. We have our own water department, sewer department, um, collect our own trash. Um, happens a lot in most local governments across the country, but not all communities in Massachusetts do that. Um, and I know water and sewer rates are something that you and I have spent a lot of hours on trying to figure out the best way to, to develop those rates. So. Talk a little bit about the process that goes into setting a water and sewer rate and, and how we go from knowing that we're going to sell three million gallons of, uh, three billion gallons of water a year and raising just enough money to cover that cost. How do, how do you do that? Yeah, um, and there's so many different angles you can look at it, but I mean, we can go back to sort of how we start the budget process and we, we need to understand what are our expenses and, mm -hmm. you know, what's the priorities of the water or sewer department and how do we provide what the residents want in the next five to ten years mm -hmm. when we have an understanding of our expenses both operational and capital um, we really can then start to devise a rate structure that will provide that will provide that revenue um, but it can't just be you know one and done we need to make sure that residents that are using a certain amount of water are charged an appropriate amount of water for for that um, mm -hmm. sort of like the pays you throw program you're, you're paying for what you throw away sure and it needs to be equitable in that manner um, there, there's a lot of work that goes um, into that and and, and we, we, we take it seriously mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we're not over overburdening 
one customer class versus right. another. Yeah, what's a customer class? What, what would that oh, be? Oh, it's a great, um, so we have um, our, our residents, sure. which are customers. We have commercial customers. Um, we have municipal um, and, and other departments mm -hmm. that are our own. And then among them, there's variation, uh, mm -hmm. depending on how much water, you know, a, a small, we'll say gas station might need versus a larger commercial businesses that are using a lot of servers or something like that. Sure. So yeah. there's different volume that is needed for each one of those customer mm -hmm. classes. But I imagine and know that water and sewer rates, um, you know, we have something like 205 miles of water main yep. and, and 140 some miles of sewer main. How, how, do you, how do you go about assessing the capital needs and budgeting for that? Yeah, um, it, it, it's a lot of work again. It, yep. I mean, we're, we're, we have some good consulting uh, support on each utility, mm -hmm. uh, so for water and sewer, we each have some consultants we work with that sort of help develop our, our capital needs and plans. Um, there's obviously the ideal wish list. If we had un unlimited funds we mm -hmm. would, and unlimited staff, we would do all these projects. Right. Um, but that's not always the case, mm -hmm. just like the general fund budget. So we need to layer them in over a certain number of years to make mm -hmm. sure we're meeting the lifetime of certain capital projects and we're not, mm -hmm. again, overburdening the residents with too much work, which then increases the rate. Yeah. So when we think about a water main, um, how, how long does a water main last and then how do you budget for that replacement? Yeah, um, I mean, we're on like a 100 year cycle. 100 years. 100 years, yeah, okay. you think of that, yeah. Yep. Um, which so is impressive because there's not many things that you think yeah. that are occurring yep. on that yep. 100 year cycle anymore. So you're only gonna replace water mains once during your career. Yeah, that's correct, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and ideally, you know, we want to try funding so we're slightly better that, than that as well. We want to right. maybe be, I mean, because obviously things happen. We need to make sure we have the funding available for, for any instance that comes up. We may have a water main that's 75 years old that's doing great, and then one that is 30 years old that for whatever reason it fails. Sure. So in theory, we want to make sure that we're replacing um, a specific amount each year mm -hmm. so that by the end of 50 years, we've covered the town. Sure. Um, yep. And granted, we may have a plan of what roads or what mains we want to do, but things mm -hmm. change as emergencies come up. So something like two to four miles per year, Yep. in theory, yep. what's that cost? Do you want to know? Well, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like $3 million. $3 million yeah. Yeah. a it, year. It's, it's a, it's a yeah. lot of money. Just And yeah. it's tough because that's underground. It, yeah. It's not like... It's, it's not something people can, it's not tangible. It, mm -hmm. It's it's a lot of money that, that sunk in the ground. So Taylor, I've just figured out a way to get real answers from departmental leadership. We bring them all the time. The yeah. and we put them on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I get the, do you really want to know that answer? Yes, <laughs> I manager. do. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, yeah, I, I know water and sewer rates are something that, you know, something that we touch often and we, we just have to keep feeding that system. and. It's kind of out of sight, out of mind for mm -hmm. a lot of residents. I, I know all, most people do think about those things. Um, so much, the, the term infrastructure gets thrown around so much and, it, and we think about that on a day-to-day -day basis and really how are we gonna, how are we gonna uh, make sure that you know, we don't have excessive failures and mm -hmm. the system's reliable and we have a $15 million treatment plant that is at the head end of all of that that we have to think about as well and sewer, um, 
we partner with a lot of other regional entities Correct. and yep. work with them to share costs um, over time. So, oh yeah, a lot of moving parts and pieces whenever you're developing those budgets and thinking about that. So, um, I think it's time that maybe we should dive into a couple of resident questions. Taylor, you want to throw yeah. those out there to Dave these, if they're these, hard and yeah. if it's easy? Right. <laughs> you can discern which is which. Okay. Dice rolls. Um, and a lot of these, I think they came up a lot when I was reading through all the surveys from our strategic oh, plan because yeah. they're open-ended. Um, so there are fake but real resident questions because sure. they were asked but not through our email address. Not through TM download at true. Right. Um, a question that came up a lot was what does the town do to keep our taxes as low as possible? And that's on yeah, the perspective of like fixed incomes yeah. and just sign of the times of what people have been going through the last three years. So I think we've talked a lot about that already. Like we mm -hmm. do that planning. We do that you know, we understand what it takes to um, manage uh, the process effectively, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's, w we don't want to do things as cheap as possible. We want to do quality projects that provide the greatest value to the town. Um, and in the long run, that will keep the tax rate as low as possible. There's state limits, Dave. Maybe you want to talk about Proposition 2.5 that we're forced to keep the tax rate Correct. Yep. down. Yeah, the, the, um, not, it was in the 1980s. Yep, I, I, yep. I was too young at that point in time. But um, it's when Prop 2.5 went into effect. I, and we I didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 1980, take us back. All right, way, way back. Yeah. All right, so um, Prop 2.5. Prop 2.5. And, and, and so it, it basically set a limit for how much towns could raise. And, and basically whatever their tax levy amount was at that time was the base structure, mm -hmm. So, um, which sort of in some regards that set some towns off on a, a tough climb to actually reach up with inflation yeah, and other matters right. going yep. forward. And you touched upon inflation earlier and, you know, if our revenues can only increase from the tax levy, which is 60% of yep. our revenue by two and a half percent, but inflation is double, triple that, right. it, it's, it, it, we have to be very creative in how we're going to provide services or where we're putting those dollars. Right, and, and that's yeah. going to be a sensitive spot in this budget. Gasoline prices certainly yep. have gone up more than 2% in the last year. Natural gas prices, which sure. we're a consumer of. Electric prices, which yep. we're a consumer of, but thank God we have Selco. They're a little less than the investor-owned utilities, but still, those things have all yep. gone up more than 2.5%, but our, our revenues can only increase. So right. we have that state mm -hmm. limitation, keeping our taxes as low as possible. Um, and then a lot of new initiatives have come forth um, that have been suggested by Ruth Anderson, who's our assessor, to provide taxpayer relief. Mm -hmm. So there's certain characteristics, whether it's income level or age or uh, differently abled status or veteran status, that residents can apply for a tax abatement, which is a simple reduction in their taxes if they meet various qualifications and criteria. So we encourage all residents, especially this time of the year, as Ruth says when she does the tax rate, look at your bill, understand what you're eligible for and apply, right? Like we budget for that each and every year. We don't want residents to pay any more than they can. If they're due an abatement or an exemption, we wanna give that to them. We wanna keep them in the community because we know that's a big part of it. And to that point, Kevin, I, I may be a little early to say, but we're also trying to have similar credits on the, the utilities for those same residents that sure. meet those abatements. Because we understand that um, 
all these increases, you know, they, they add up across yeah, the board. They really do. Yep. So I'm working on the tax relief committee. Yeah, as tax well. relief. Yeah. yeah, and that's a that's a pool of town funds that were donated to the town from residents, businesses mm -hmm. that will offset uh, taxpayers' um, bills, and there'll be some criteria, but we hope that they're a little bit more relaxed yeah. than the state. So it'll be a need-based program because we don't have unlimited funds there, but uh, just another way that, uh, and that's a really, a, you know, all these driving issues were, was something that the select board has talked about time and time again right. um, to make sure that we keep residents in the community. I think just to give kudos to Ruth every time, or I guess I've only been here for two, but the last two times she's come in to do the um, tax reclassification hearing with the select right. board, she's done a really good job kind of going into detail and explaining how um, the tax levy works mm -hmm. and what that calculation is. Um, I feel like I get a free like yeah, <laughs> free lesson yeah. every time she comes in. She does such a good job, and no doubt, it's always like super helpful whenever I have questions yeah. about that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and that's Ruth Anderson. She's a rock star. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Super lucky. Um, and Dave, you kind of started to talk about it a little bit when you were talking about our ClearGov, um, the ability for residents to kind of see what their tax dollars are funding. But do you want to talk a little bit more about like what? tax bill funds like what it what goes into yeah, our yeah town. That, that's a yeah. great question i mean um if you think of on a, a zoomed out picture 60 percent of the, our budget is funded by the tax dollars mm -hmm. um, and then if we had to then break that up um you know if we took up proportions of the tax bill based off of what they include in the general fund budget um, that's sort of how it breaks down so uh, rough numbers i think you said it was about 80 million was uh, the schools, schools right. um, out of a hundred and forty million dollar budget, so you could take that percentage. Um, I should be able to do this in my head right now, but I'm afraid I'll make I up can't, a number. So um, I don't sixty percent, sixty-five yeah. million. So, 60, yep. so sixty percent of a resident's tax bill may be going to fund aspects of the school. Now, mm -hmm. now, now there are these things that mm -hmm. you know might change that slightly um, because we do have some restricted school aid that might need to go mm -hmm. fund. Um, but that, that's a great, you know, good way to look at it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, I, I said it a little bit earlier when we were talking about utility budgets and the differences. So when we think about big, broad programs that benefit everyone, that don't have any individual drivers, like you don't know when you're going to need the police, you don't know when you're going to need the, the fire department, you don't know when you're going to need an ambulance, and, and the demand for the service is absolute. Like when you need that, we need to ensure that it's there. That's what we use tax dollars for. But whenever it's more uh, discretionary, you know, whether you're coming to a recreation program or going to a program at the senior center or you're using, deciding how much water to use, um, then that's whenever we charge specific amounts to it. So big, broad categories, public safety, um, those things are all funded with the tax levy. So yeah, we appreciate those questions. We hope people will email us more often at tmdownload at shrewsburyma.gov so we can answer your questions and drive what you want us to talk about in future episodes. So um, Dave, maybe in our final part here, why don't you take a look ahead, tell us what you're looking forward to in your new role here at the town and um, maybe even just focus on the next few months, what's going oh, on. Yeah. Um, I, I'm excited about a, a couple projects. We, we, 
I'm hoping at some point Julie Tierney might be coming on as well. I think um, she's doing a lot of great work and she's really helping definitely the administration and finance team. Um, we're looking into some workforce management software. Uh, I think that that could really improve, again, like sort of the, the spine of all of our operations and help every department work better. Mm -hmm. um, working with, with Taylor, I, I, I'm excited about communication and engagement options. Mm -hmm. I, we're only gonna be as good as we're able to communicate with everybody and, and that's something I'm excited about, um, mm -hmm. especially as it ties again to the strategic plan. We need to create budget narratives that residents can understand and um, want to engage with. And I'm, I like working with the team I have right now, trying to make those connections. Yeah, um, yeah those are probably the big things. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're now, you know, in more of a role of a leader of leaders, right? Really orchestrating and guiding and setting a vision and helping build the culture. We're excited to have you on board uh, for that uh, with all the experience that you've had. and. Um, I'm sure folks will keep their eye on the budget process a little bit closer and um, hopefully they go to ClearGov and access the resources that we've talked about on today's episode and, and dive in with us in the budget process. We don't want to sit at the town hall on a, a nice cold March Saturday <laughs> by ourselves. We'd love to have residents yeah. there with yeah. us. So we encourage you all to come out and participate in the budget process one way or another. Keep your eye out for those uh, papers for elected positions coming up in January. And Dave, I'd want to thank you for coming on. Thank taking you very time much. out of your day. It's great. Um, sacrificing that to be here with Taylor and I on the Town Manager Download. Uh, it's been another great conversation. Reminder to residents, once again, if you have uh, want to reach us, you can reach us at tmdownload at shrewsburyma.gov. So on behalf of Taylor Galusha, I'm Kevin Mizikar, Town Manager of the Town of Shrewsbury. Thank you for listening.